hey, you, you're awesome. I know that because you listen to the Cracked Podcast, but maybe other people don't know that yet. Why don't you show them by building your very own personal website? And you know what the easiest, best, most fun, most just excellent way to build a personal website is? using Squarespace. They let you showcase your work, blog or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. With award-winning customer support, you can customize everything about the site and there is nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. So head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Today's episode is brought to you by Merge Records, the label that for 25 years has been home to many great bands, including the Magnetic Fields, Spoon, and Neutral Milk Hotel. Check out recent releases by Destroyer, one of my favorite bands of all time, H.C. McIntyre and Holly Cook, as well as new albums from Super Chunk and Ott out in February, and Titus Andronicus in March. Isn't that a great lineup? If you know music, you know these guys rock. Visit MergeRecords.com to listen to and shop for music by these artists and many others. And get 20% off any order using the code CRACKED. As always, domestic shipping is free. Again, that's MergeRecords.com. Offer code CRACKED for 20% off. Merge Records, home of independent music since 1989. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam, and I am also, also here to blow the lid off multiple cheese conspiracies. Yeah, cheese conspiracies, because our topic this week is bizarre secrets of the food we eat every day. I love this angle because one of the ways life is more interesting than people think it is is that one of the meals you ate yesterday or you're going to eat today contained at least one thing that will totally blow your mind once you know more about it. Also, our panelists really hustled to make it out to this live show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, so you'll hear a slight uh, choreography wobble in the panel intro. But hey, sometimes blowing up multiple cheese conspiracies in one show moves at a breakneck speed. Tons of incredible facts here and one of my favorite footnotes sections as a result. Let's hear why. Please sit back or stand at your window peering through the blinds at your neighborhood's devious grocery store. Either way, enjoy this live episode of the Cracked Podcast with our panel of Hallie Cantor, Brody Reed, and Ian Abramson. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Thank you so much for coming out. We have a, a very fun topic and panel and everything else going on. Today we're talking about bizarre secrets of the foods we eat, like everyday foods, uh, just shocking things about them that you would never know. Uh, what does that mean, Al? Well, what about salmon? So salmon is a fish. You know, you think of salmon as being pink, right? Like that's how you eat it. And it turns out salmon becomes pink by living that like crazy nature documentary life that you think of where it's like fighting rapids all the time, you know, and just paddling, paddling, paddling. Like that, that action pinks up the meat. Um, but the thing is 95% of the salmon we eat is farmed. It's, it just lives on a farm very happily and it doesn't have to battle at all, you know? It just chills. Uh, and so then it comes out not the pink we would like, and so it turns out all that farmed salmon gets dyed. Uh, they put like a, a pink in it to make it look pink, and you think like, oh, okay, so they just make it pink? No, 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 man, it goes deeper than that. Here we go. There's a company, it's called Hoffman LaRoche, 
and they're like a pharmaceutical company that has a product called Samofan. And what Samofan is, is you go to them and you say, hey, I've got the salmon I'd like to pink up. And they bust out this like set of paint swatches and it's about like a dozen pinks in like this wheel, you know? And then you can be like, ah, uh, seven. And then they do that one for your fish. And so there's this like entire pharmaceutical giant like working on salmon color so we can enjoy it more. I think that's neat. Some of you, horrified. The rest of you, uh, very into the science of what we're getting into. And uh, that's kind of the show. We're gonna talk about all different kinds of things, not just about fish, but everything about food. Our first panelist, uh, she's written for everything from Arrested Development to Lady Dynamite. Uh, please put your hands together for Hallie Cantor, guys. Hallie Cantor. Next up, you've seen uh, his short films uh, in places like Channel 101. He's also a fantastic stand-up. Uh, please welcome Brody Reed, you guys. Brody Reed. Thank you so much for that raucous applause. <laughs> this is nice. Are you doing like a little bit of a voice? I didn't notice it before. Now I'm a little self-conscious to be completely <laughs> honest. Let me try and drop it a little bit. This is how I normally talk. This yeah. is how I introduce myself to you guys. <laughs> it sounds very natural. Is our third panelist uh, available yet? No. Uh, no, he's not. Oh, wait. What? Wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Someone's being oh, shy. They're playing Ian Abrams' music. <laughs> Ian Abrams' guys. Here we go from Oddball Comedy Fest and more. Oh, oh what man. timing. What's up, dude? Thank you guys for being here. This is, uh, is going to be a fun one. We have a lot of different foods and things about the way the world works. And uh, Hallie, as we were putting this together, you'd picked out something about our friend Parmesan cheese. Our old uh, friend. Our old friend. Our old friend. My yeah. best yeah. friend. Perhaps the hardest and most Italian of all cheeses. Alex asked for some weird food facts and unexpected ingredients and stuff, and I immediately remembered an article I'd read uh, in 2016 about how Parmesan cheese is like mostly wood pulp. Yeah. Um, a lot of brands actually have no real Parmesan cheese in them. They're just a mix of Swiss, mozzarella, white cheddar, and cellulose, which is wood pulp. And also like three other cheeses? That yeah, a lot of other cheeses. Because apparently Parmesan is like the most expensive cheese because it has to like sit underground for like years or something. And uh, <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Underground? Well, I don't know. How does the, the cheese know that it's yeah. under the ground? Does anybody actually understand cheese? Feels it. When I was looking into this, I discovered that, uh, so one of the, you know, things that came to pass in, in this uh, sort of cheese requiem that we all had in 2016 <laughs> was that Italian people got very mad that, like, American shitty companies were just putting together, like, wood pulp and cheddar and being like, it's They're going to be mad though. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's actually a thing in Italy called the Parmigiano-Reggiano Consortium. And I wow. went to their website. <laughs> I got really deep into this. Oh, man. They actually asked the European Union to protect them from Americans misusing the name of Parmesan. But the more interesting thing I found on their website, they have a whole timeline of, like, their minutes from their meetings, I guess. And one of their very first meetings, uh, I'd like to quote the website, the Parmigiano-Reggiano.com website. This is official. The representatives of the Chambers of Commerce of Parma, Reggio Emilia, Malina, and Mantua met in 1909 to reach a joint solution for the possible marking of the hard cheese produced in these provinces. It was discussed whether the name should be Parmigiano or Reggiano, 
but the meeting ended without any outcomes. Whoa. <laughs> that was like the main reason they all got together and they couldn't pick a name. I think they discussed it for hours and they couldn't find an guess, outcome. Uh, yeah, so they ended up, now we just call it Parmigiano Reggiano. <laughs> it's like it was like the first meeting of an improv team or something. <laughs> well, and th- that was 1909? Yeah. So this is like over a century of... Because I've heard that she's called yeah. like Parmigiano Reggiano, and is, is that no just like a compromise thing? Still. Yeah, <laughs> I just imagine there's been like a hundred year feud because of this <laughs> going on. The Parmesan family. <laughs> the ricottas are on our turf again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to the old Italian stereotypes. You guys love stereotypes, right? <laughs> One very nice person was like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. When and Ian, you're asking before, like, does anyone know how cheese works? I don't totally. I have a pretty pretty solid understanding. Clap of how cheese if you is made. feel like you can honestly say you understand cheese. Okay, <laughs> right? we're all on the it same does, page. It does need like specific conditions. That's why I said underground because like I can say that about like rocket science too. Like there's a lot of things that I generally <laughs> gotta be sure. up in the sky, yeah. <laughs> right? I can say that. Yeah, if I had to BS I mean, my way okay, through that. But sure. like when you get down to a granular level, is there any topic that you like fully understand? I feel like I could give a rough <laughs> explanation of photosynthesis more than I could cheese and it's not that i have a great understanding yeah. of photosynthesis i think we'd all like to hear your explanation of it uh, though now i should not have done okay this to so myself. when you take two photos <laughs> and you tape them together <laughs> i'm i'm more surprised that you can eat wood pulp this yeah. whole time i've been throwing my wood pulp away wow <laughs> instead of just mixing it in <laughs> putting it on my spaghetti yeah apparently it does kind of look like wood it's, a, pulp. it's all right yeah, because you said, Haley, it was three different kinds of actual cheese that are not Parmesan, mm-hmm. and then yeah. cellulose. Yes, so apparently like 1% to 4% cellulose is like an okay amount for Parmesan to have, <laughs> okay. but they found yeah. it more than that in some of the brands. Like Walmart brand cheese had like 7.8% cellulose. Yeah, we go big at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's bigger. <laughs> yeah. They don't care about your health at Walmart. They sell guns, dude, and Tide Pods, <laughs> you know? Possibly like, a darker effect than the Parmesan having cellulose in it. Because it, uh, and then I think the article you said they even said that Whole Foods brand, which you would think they're going like full nothing but Parmesan, it still had 0.3 percent cellulose in it, which is a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just amazing, the, just that nice tree feeling, you know. Yeah, you they think have, it helps they preserve have... the cheese, maybe. What I like about wood is that it uses photosynthesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I get that. Which again is when you take two pictures. Uh, cellulose, apparently it's legal to put it in food. The FDA approved it since 1973 because it just goes through your body. Like there's no digestion. There's no like, mm-hmm. like you won't start being part tree or something. I don't, I don't know what the bad part would be of eating cellulose. But lots of things would just go through your body and they're still not food. Like Marbles. you can't just put like plastic <laughs> chunks. <Yeah. laughs> that shouldn't be the criteria. Pieces of string, you know. Oh, they'll just poop it out. <laughs> Pennies, nickels. <laughs> Well, whoever was president then, probably Nixon, uh, he said, yeah, you know. I think he probably said more like, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a cook. Sorry, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Hello. Hello. No one clapped for that. I know. Right? Standing ovation. Yeah. He said, I am not a cook. You guys get that? Oh, Let's take it from the top. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure they, yeah. they hear you. I'll do it again in a few minutes. <laughs> also, if you're listening at home, everyone started giving themselves jowls with their hands mm-hmm. when wow. that started. It was when weird. I said you can't that do joke. An impression <laughs> <it>. <laughs> everyone was very upset. There's also there's another food. Uh, there's a cracked article called Six of Your Favorite Foods that have horrible secrets. And uh, this is a thing about wine, which is that apparently... It murdered someone and then just yeah. walked yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a lot of wine, it will be like, oh, this wine has an oaky flavor, and it's because of the barrel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there are some wineries that have moved to using steel vats to create the wine in instead of wooden barrels, and so then they just <gasps> sprinkle bits of wood in it later. Oh, okay. Uh, so then you get that wooden flavor from, As like, long as I still got wood. that wood flavor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, uh, and yeah, cellulose is in, like, a bunch of things we eat. Wine uh, is something I get. You leave out grapes. Uh-huh. Cheese? There's, <laughs> what, germs, milk? What is this? Let's actually, let's look at a whole different group of thing, because uh, Ian, you brought up as we prepped this, that pistachios are amazing. Okay, and that's all I said. (laughs) No, I guess if you store pistachios, then the grease on them can combust. So they have to be very careful oh. with the way that they what? store pistachios. It's like um, it's like glycerin, right? Like it, like it's like a component of like nitroglycerin. Yeah. And it's also the name of a Bush song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I never That's thought about pistachios as an especially greasy nut. Are we talking about like the shell or what's inside the shell? I I I don't I mean, know what secretes the grease. I mean, inside my shell is what's greasy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ladies. This is going to be really good knowledge for my Breaking Bad spec script yeah. season nine. Well, Jesse, you have to go to the natural market and just get a shitload of pistachios and no one is suspicious. Pistachios, apparently it's a cargo ship thing where, like you say, if they're too numerously stacked, they will just combust uh, and explode all of a sudden. And it's some kind of gas issue because they also will, like suck oxygen out of the air and put out carbon dioxide and uh, it's a very 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 small amount if you just like have a pistachio I but hate things stacked- that suck oxygen and put out carbon dioxide <laughs> <laughs> fucking that's my oxygen and that's why we <laughs> like photosynthesis <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so apparently on cargo ships either a uh, a thing of pistachios will explode or it will like suck enough oxygen out of a space that it's like dangerous to the ship's crew like they can't go in there because there's no air pistachios are trying to kill us <laughs> and that's nuts yeah. thank you yeah. thank you yeah. that yeah. better than yeah, I am not a cook come on <laughs> I think I have a peanut allergy to that joke <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah you wish you would break out <laughs> of this all right <laughs> This is going to turn into puns real fast. <laughs> That's food, man. So sorry. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Let's also, let's look at another, uh, another thing here, ice cream. Because Hallie had found an amazing thing about certain ice cream flavoring oh, yeah. and, uh, and a woodland critter. <laughs> Thank a you for that. Critter? that t- what oh. a great pitch. Indeed, a woodland critter. Ira Glass over here. <laughs> Act one. Uh, some, so some, yeah, some flavors that are used in ice cream and stuff like vanilla, raspberry, strawberry flavors especially, are made using a uh, substance that is an anal secretion from the beaver. That's the woodland cr- critter in question. Uh, I a, have so many questions. Yeah. So it comes I out of the I just bit my tongue three plant. times. 
<laughs> because of this or unrelated? Because you just said anal secretion from the beaver, and I was like, I don't want to make any of those jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just everybody hold off until I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it comes out of the castor gland, which is very close to the anus, not actually in the anus, so don't worry. But it's a, a brown... Wait, now I have more questions. <laughs> How many wow. glands So many glands. A one, so a two. This, yeah, the articles I was reading, like they talked to a beaver scientist, and she was like, "I just like to smell them down there." Oh uh, my, my God, I am because apparently beaver asses smell amazing. Yeah, wow, that's how it works. Anyway, it's this slime yeah. that comes out called castoreum, and it's safe and non-toxic, and it's got a nice uh, flavor, and it has this long history. Romans used to burn it in lamps because they thought the fumes caused abortions. And uh, now they also use it in perfume. That's my password for Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sentence. <laughs> that whole I thing. What a sentence. My God. Romans used to burn it because they thought the fumes caused yeah. abortions. Uh-huh. Is that what you said? And yeah. So if, if somebody was pregnant and didn't want to be, they'd be like, let's get a beaver and wow. stimulate and its butthole and then just wow. fire up a lamp and then you'll be fine. I want to yeah. know. I, okay. I want to know where they're keeping these beavers. I want to know if they're if they're cage-free beavers. I want to know <laughs> if they're being harmed in the the process of this anal secretion. I think by the fact that they're involved in this, they're harmed. Yeah. <laughs> Psychologically. They probably it's not cage-free to start with, but then the beavers build up these dams. And then they, yeah, they're trying to. They like to they're like, get away from my butt, dude. <laughs> the only thing How I many walls do I got to put up? Yeah. Ray, it's a it's another gland near the the anus of the beaver that secretes this and you can also buy whole glands of it on etsy uh if you just want to do that are you serious we will link people uh in in the show and you can just google it Uh, how much is a is a gland going for it was a lot when i saw it yeah like a small gland was 30 something bucks and then the big ones were like 260 what what do you use a what do you use a detached beaver gland for abortion just like (laughs) (laughs) tiny coin purse or wow Wait, yeah, is this the empty gland, or does it have the, the stuff is in it? Is it like a jerky? Slime. <laughs> it, looked, it looked pretty dried out. Okay. We will link it for the world. Uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, it's uh, somewhat... I also don't know how it qualifies as a craft. I think of Etsy as a craft site. Uh, I think they just, like, found these, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. If anyone is listening to this podcast and buys a beaver gland on Etsy, tweet please, at us. please tweet at all of us, because yep. I think we really need to know. Yeah, yeah. I think this is what Twitter is for, basically. Yeah. yeah. If anyone's on beaverfreaks.biz or whatever. <laughs> it's actually my homepage, so you'll find me. And yeah, and it uh, is surprisingly common among animals. There is a thing with deer where they have a gland near their penis that uh, secretes a, a something used in perfume. Uh, so a lot of perfumes rely on that. Let's go around the room. How many glands do you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> and what do they smell like? <laughs> and there's other, there's other ice cream stuff, too. One other thing. Uh, have you guys heard of food reconditioning? Uh, Isn't that illegal now? Yeah. It apparently is legal as long as the food is still safe. I said that I didn't actually know what it was. Food reconditioning. (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea what it was. Food reconditioning. So there's a thing where they take like pieces of food that was healthy but just not aesthetically. (laughs) Oh yeah, I heard about that. Food reconditioning is what they call cooking in like the Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) It's uh, there's simple versions like they'll take um, pieces of pasta that are a funny shape and just grind them back down into flour to make new pasta kind of thing. So they uh, and then the weird version is with ice cream they'll take batches of it that are healthy but just doesn't not quite the color they're looking for the look they'll do, and they'll just recombine it and mix it up and make it chocolate. (gasps) 
because apparently chocolate flavor is strong enough and a dark color enough that it just masks whatever the ice cream oh. used to be. And yeah. so then you get chocolate, and then you're all set. Damn right. You know, I always thought chocolate ice cream tasted a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why. You're very, very specific prejudice against chocolate ice cream. Mm-hmm. Confirmed. No, honestly, I, I feel like I've heard this opinion from other people, too, that, like, chocolate is good and ice cream is good, but, like, chocolate ice cream, like, the flavor just doesn't translate that well. It doesn't really taste people. like chocolate. It's not the chocolate flavor. Exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm on board. Thank you. It's because there's too much goddamn cream in there. <laughs> <laughs> what we need is iced cheese. I'm not getting <laughs> off of this. Why? Why don't we just cheese. have iced chocolate? That's, ooh, that does sound pretty nice. I don't know. I, I'm this still digging this iced cheese. Iced cheese idea. Is this a sweet thing or a savory snack? <clears throat> we mm. don't know till we make it. I mean, you can yeah. coat it in whatever you I'm want. I'm not trying to make it into something that I have in my head. I want to know what iced cheese is. That's what I want. I want it to be whatever it is, but I want to enjoy it. I want to go buy some gogurts and I want to <laughs> hold oh, yeah, on to them for a long time. Is a whole other yeah, is it yo- yeah, yogurt? What? Well, we have frozen yogurt. So that's what I guess iced yogurt would be. Yeah, that yeah that that makes sense. So we've uncovered but, how, but where does yogurt come into play with the cheese? Where does where does yogurt come into yo play with this cheese? <laughs> I feel like this episode is like becoming Shark Tank. We're like, what if we pitch? <laughs> then you guys invest. Honestly, if you brought iced cheese to Shark Tank. You would definitely get at least one investor. Can I just say we would yeah. be the stupidest sharks <laughs> of all time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about sushi? That's Ooh, fun, right? I love sushi. Because mm-hmm. Haley, you'd found I, a thing about yeah. how it works. I didn't know it all. I didn't know this, but most sushi that you eat is actually frozen before it's served to you. Like in between it being a fish and being sushi on your plate, it is frozen. And that's not a sign that the sushi place is bad. It's actually illegal in America not to freeze your sushi. It's illegal to serve sushi that hasn't been frozen. Because in theory, it's like it kills the parasites or whatever. Oh, yeah. But I feel like most people don't know this. And they think like if you're getting like sushi that has once been frozen, it's an indicator of like poor quality sushi. But it actually just means that they're abiding by the rules. At what, wait, at what point in the process is it frozen? I don't know. <laughs> in, the, in the middle. The middle, yeah. basically. But I mean, like, like well, like, not, not they roll it and then freeze it, They right? can only oh, legally uh, get fish from a glacier. <laughs> they melt it down. I'm not sure what quality it's in when it's frozen, but I imagine, like, a filet or a slab. Got it. Got it. Sort. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that freezing things killed bacteria. Or whatever. Well, they, or they freeze it in like super, super cold temperatures. Like it might oh, be a more okay. intense freezer than just like your home freezer. According to several sci-fi movies I've seen, mm-hmm. it actually keeps bacteria it actually keeps alive. alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Most sushi is actually bicentennial. Um, yeah. Yeah. Starring Robin Williams. <laughs> I also I would really like to see the process of them dealing with the frozen kind because the you picked out a New York Times article where they talk about. All it takes is 10 minutes, a bowl of of warm water, and a bandsaw to produce deep red dewy slices of the finest sushi. So it sounds like carpentry. Like it sounds like you have these pieces of fish and then just you run it through. Uh, presumably pick up some wood on the way. You know. That is strange. So they're they're taking the frozen slab and using a chainsaw to like cut it into slices instead of just thawing the whole thing and then cutting into slices? Yeah, I think there's like a power tool stage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, cool. Which is sushi is awesome. Yeah. This I feel like this was not covered in Jiro Dreams of Sushi, that documentary that everyone saw, which is crazy because like how could they do a two hour movie about the process <laughs> of making sushi and this didn't come into it at all? 
that article, it also said something like, in Japan, about half of sushi is frozen, and then half it, they're just so close to the sea that they just feel like it's fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even even there, there's still a lot of freezing sushi because it yeah. does kill germs and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It seems fake. <laughs> I've seen a couple of sci-fi movies. So. I mean, I know how to kill germs. Tell that to the New York Times. There's also just a fish thing in general. Uh, various studies of fish in supermarkets and restaurants and stuff, they've found that a lot of it is just mislabeled. A lot of the fish you yeah. order is just not is just labeled as something it's not. A group called Oceana, which is the largest ocean science nonprofit in the world, they tested 1,200 samples from 21 states and found that a third of it was mislabeled, uh, up to 52% in a place called Southern California. But yeah, especially uh, red snapper, and there's also uh, a lot of tuna is actually a fish called escalar, which <laughs> is very, very delicious to a lot of people, and then to certain people, it's a laxative. It makes you uh, poo a whole bunch. But you don't expect it, because you think, oh, it's just tuna. But it's like this white tuna that actually uh, is illegal to serve in Japan. They don't let people eat what? it, but they serve it here. Going back to the Southern California thing, do you think that more fish is mislabeled here because everybody's like dumb actors who are high? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like no one gives a shit? Yeah, I, well, I would, yeah, I would imagine it's like, because uh, they have studied this at like fancy restaurants too. It's not just grocery <laughs> That's stores. That's where I want my research of, from. Yeah. Fancy restaurants. Fancy restaurants like McDonald's, like filet of fish <laughs> I know I wouldn't recognize just a piece of fish and be like, hang on, that's... Wait that's a minute, that's Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> My f true friend. <laughs> yeah, a lot of tuna is mislabeled, a lot of salmon's mislabeled. Most of it's just beef jerky. Most people don't know that. <laughs> I'm sure there was a time when it was necessary, but the fact that we still make sure to say that tuna is dolphin-free, kind of, it's always freaked me out as a child. Uh, yeah, it, it would say dolphin-free on there, and it's like, why would you put that in my head? <laughs> I wasn't worried about that, and now you can put that on every food but yeah. dolphin. It's, and it's I don't want to think about it. It's just nice to know that the fish that you buy at the supermarket was pride from the cold dead hands of a, <laughs> of a dolphin <laughs> just before i can eat any dolphin of it. liberated <laughs> fish <laughs> support for today's show comes from squarespace because they get it they know that this audience the people who read cracked or listen to the cracked podcast they're very 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 high level people they are very interested in a range of things. They're very, very smart about the world. They're very curious about life itself and what makes it interesting. So they must be the kind of people who ought to have awesome websites that show that off, right? Maybe you're selling something. Maybe you're doing writing. Maybe you just want to be online with a shingle up there because it is the modern town square. Do it with Squarespace. You can customize everything about a template created by a world-class designer that you can turn into your very own website. It's optimized for mobile right out of the box. We have metrics here at the site. We can tell that most people read the internet on their phones now. It's reached that tipping point. And your website will look good on a phone if you build it with Squarespace. They've got analytics to help you grow it. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. It couldn't be easier, and it couldn't be more fun. So head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com cracked, offer code cracked. 
let's look at another just range of meat because uh, uh, Brody had picked out an overall thing that organ meat is actually really, really good for us. Organ meat is very good for you. Yeah. Meat that's usually like has like a lot of like cartilage in it that we don't usually eat, like. Yeah, like knuckles and like joints. Tongue it's, and liver. And yeah, yeah. It, stuff like that is like good for your joints because they, you know, not only they do they contain like things like cartilage, but they contain like things like glycine, which helps build cartilage and collagen, glucosamine, chondrotin sulfate. These I'm just naming Star Wars characters yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the next time you guys or at a restaurant and someone's like, hey, do you want some of this Brain? cow knuckle? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say no. <laughs> and also get out of there. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> they picked out that in World War II, there was like less meat around for the general populace. And so then they uh-huh. were pushing people to eat organs. And with, yeah. with a bunch of accurate science about it being great. <laughs> Even things like li- liver and intestines and stuff like that. In a lot of Eastern countries, they'll eat uh, other parts of the food like that, even if they're like fermented or not. Um, it's, it's actually pretty good for you. I don't usually eat things like brain or uh, tongue or, you know, intestine. But I mean, every once in a while, maybe you should, you know. I would try it. I would give it a yeah. shot. Would I'm you right cheese? now? Like, what the hell is that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, and I'm willing. It's, it's like mold. It, right. It's like a tongue. No, but give me this mold on everything. <laughs> let's let's go deep on cheese because there's also finally uh, like yeah. <laughs> Where are all these holes coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Who's taking tiny bites out of my cheese <laughs> out of my Swiss? <laughs> well, because uh, do you guys know about like the uh, the cheese caves in the middle of the country? Oh, I heard about these. Yeah. This is some Willy Wonka stuff right here. What What are you talking about? Uh, Springfield, Missouri is a town in uh, there. And they're... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was going to explain that more. So in the 1940s, they started digging a limestone quarry, and then they accidentally found this like huge cave system there. And then now that cave system has become this very, very cheap, giant warehouse, uh, mainly for things that people need to mm. keep cool at a cheap price, because the cave kind of does that naturally. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, over time, it became where the Department of Agriculture and the federal government stockpiled cheese, like extra cheese, and, uh, especially because people would drink like low fat or no fat milk and things like that. There'd be leftover stuff you can turn into cheese. And so by 1983, there were $4 billion of cheese down there. Whoa. Under Missouri. And that's the plot of Ocean's 8. Yeah. (laughs) Cheese heists. (laughs) I feel like we should have this be part of the conversation when we talk about, like, you know, our country's finances. That is a great point. Sure, we may be heavily in debt and, you know... Yeah, a we need to get back on the cheese standard. Not a lot. Yeah, exactly. We've <laughs> got <laughs> cheese we that we're not talking about. Now we're yeah. backed up by dairy gold. By whatever cheese is. <laughs> what is also, it? We used to be on the gold standard. Now we'll be on the mold standard. <laughs> oh. hey. Hey. Well, also, and then in the 80s, Ronald Reagan, in 1981, he signed a measure to release 30 million pounds of the cheese. Release like, the cheese. <laughs> release the cheese to the It's like back into the wild. Release. Didn't he do that what? with the mentally ill as well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. He has a very odd sense of policy. That is not taking a dig at mentally the mentally ill. It's taking a dig at Ronald Reagan, for yeah. the record. That fucker <laughs> just hit a bunch of jelly beans in the, the woods. <laughs> Where are he those going? He probably wanted to release the cheese so he could use those caves yeah. to store his jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> for a second, yeah, so I forgot like... that he liked jelly beans, so I was truly confused oh, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. said that. Okay, got it. Right, he was a jelly bean guy. 
But there, uh, there was like an era of it was called government cheese in the '80s, where people just had free cheese from Is the that U.S. Where government. that comes from? Oh yeah, yeah that's not where that comes because, from. Is that where that comes from? Yeah. So this like cave filled up in Missouri, and then Reagan was like, <laughs> "We can hand some of this out now to clear room in the cave." Uh, How giving that we use for that? And he then just, also he just trickled that down all over the country. That's great. <laughs> How would yeah. you react if somebody just in like a government uniform showed up at your door and was like? This is free cheese. For you. <laughs> I'm yeah. just giving it out. I'd be like, it's about time. I've been waiting for these reparations forever. I've <laughs> been sitting on four billion cheese right. gold. Not the currency I expected, but all right. Yeah, let's I'll do take it. it. And then there's also because the government is like since then just continually interested in unloading cheese. <laughs> and, uh, Does it have oh, a large this is awesome. shelf life? Does cheese just last well, forever? I think when it's in this cave, it does. Yeah, it's like a little bit. If you keep how are it you cool guys going to pretend like I'm like you knew what cheese was when I said I didn't know what it was, and then ask those questions? You see, <laughs> we don't. Does cheese go bad? I think so because I keep it in no. the fridge. I think it goes bad. I know no, that the it goes only bad in some conditions, but not when it's in a cavern. Specific, but if it is cheese. mold, what happens when it goes bad? You get more cheese, and it fills this cave. <laughs> Ronald Reagan gives it to us. So also, there's a department of the federal government. Uh, well, it's it's part of the Department of Agriculture, but it's called Dairy Management. And, mm. and actual money goes toward this, and they're a group that like tries to expand the amount that people eat cheese in the, the United cheese States. cheese lobby. And from 1970 to 2010, U.S. cheese consumption tripled per person. Wait, like, we, we all eat more cheese. What because year? They, they do things like, in, in 2010, they worked with Domino's Pizza <gasps> to try to roll out a pizza that would have like 40% more cheese on it. Is that why they put more. it in the crust? Yeah, I think wow. it's a fucking cheese lobby. <laughs> the government is making us eat cheese stuffed crust. What? Wow. Yes. Wow. From the crust of the earth to the crust of your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what is cheese? What is it? I yeah. do know that the only food that never perishes is honey. Do you guys know that? Wow. No, I didn't know that. Because of the like the environment that honey creates for itself, like like germs and things that perish. And like um, become, you know, old. It's just like, just can't can't get in there. It just doesn't spoil. So yeah. like, yeah, honey just like lasts forever. It's also super acidic, so that helps. Um, yeah. So honey is acidic. Honey is acidic. Wow. Yeah, that's why uh, Pooh Bear has no teeth. Yeah, yeah, honey's pretty cool. Is it is it the kind of thing where like if we dig up Roman honey or something, it's still fine? Yeah, like it's, that's amazing. Straight up. I feel really sad about this cheese news, guys. Because it used to be that eating cheese was like a cool thing to do. And now it's yeah. just like doing what the string man cheese. wants you to Whoa, do. Whoa, string yeah. cheese. <laughs> you guys remember that one string cheese that had a cartoon character and he was like a skateboarder dude? Yeah. But oh, his, dude. But his yeah. head was like the string Looked cheese like the Slim Jim? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That guy legit was my childhood hero. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Can do you guys realize how much more effective the push to get cheese on our plates was than the war on drugs? Yeah, <laughs> Reagan was way more effective at promoting cheese than he was at getting drugs off the streets. I think the war on drugs was just like his cover story. Yeah. It was the fr right. the front yep. for the real mission. <laughs> yeah, cheese is a gateway funneled. food. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Let's actually, there's another um, thing here too we can get into, which is olive oil. 
So olive oil is often not made of very much olive oil. It's a thing where the, the rules as far as branding and packaging and stuff, you can do a lot of filling the bottle with sunflower oil instead. Uh, and then some, they've done tests of various like national brands of it, and it'll be up to 80% sunflower oil. <gasps> and then just wow. the rest is olive oil kind of baked in there. Not How baked. dare um, they? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, 80%? Is that what you said? 80%? Yeah, yeah. And there's also, a, until pretty recently, the branding rules said that as long as you put the olive oil in a bottle in Italy, you can just call it Italian olive oil. So they would just like what? get olive oil somewhere, bring it to Italy, bottle it, and then sell it as uh, Italian olive oil. Oh, well, that something. makes sense. Yeah. It seems like almost as easy as just like getting some olives grown in Italy. Like if you have to have like right. packaging and manufacturing whatever distribution space in Italy, like just plant some olive trees there. Also, one thing that's weird to me about it is like I tried to look up, I was like, oh, is sunflower oil like way worse or something? And it seems fine. Like, I don't know why they yeah, don't Like you have just to buy openly. sunflower seed oil sometimes. Yeah, like when we're using olive oil that's mostly sunflower oil, it's fine. It's like basically the same experience and situation. I think olive oil is just like a cool brand and like you imagine no it's so. not fine <laughs> I'm mad <laughs> I don't like sunflower seeds <laughs> unless they're covered in chocolate <laughs> oh, those are good those are good um, there's also a thing where uh, who's seen The Godfather everyone applaud if you've seen The Godfather <laughs> yeah way more people than understand cheese so uh, the, um, uh, the book The Godfather a lot of uh, Don Corleone was based on an actual mob boss named Joe Profasi who his main thing was running an olive oil business and laundering his mob money. That's part of the movie, too. And it's part of the movie, yeah. So when they say, like, oh, we're in the olive oil business, like, olive oil was actually a big, uh, like, mafia front in a lot of the 20th century. It was a whole thing. Like, because in the movie, I thought they were just doing a bit about, like, oh, that's a funny (laughs) thing to tell Congress, you know? A bit? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, a mafia bit, you know? Um, but yeah, you can, uh, and then also the house that they used as the house for the Corleones in the Godfather films is on Staten Island and they sold it recently. And the real estate broker was the daughter-in-law of the actual mob boss who it's based Whoa. on. So it like, it, it like all came full circle Whoa. with the olives and the people and everything. But that wasn't actually the house of the mob boss's family. No, she was just like, she, she was just, just like works in real estate. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she works in real estate, I bet. <laughs> okay, all right. It's like her uh, father-in-law worked in olive oil. <laughs> yeah. I would look to see if that horse head is still in there. Yeah, exactly. In bed. Well, uh, well, also with fruit, uh, we can talk about bananas. Bananas help you fight depression. Did you know that? No. Yeah, they do. Bananas contain serotonin in them, which doesn't actually, because the, ser- the serotonin in a banana doesn't actually make it to your brain, so that's not what helps. But it, it also contains B6, which helps you produce serotonin. So if you're ever that's depressed, awesome. eat a banana, go to a therapist, because bananas aren't enough. <laughs> <laughs> the next James Bond movie, Bananas Aren't bananas Enough. Bananas Aren't Enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome about them. Yeah. Because they're also, they come from, I feel like with a lot of foods, people are like, I, w- I want no GMOs. I want no genetic engineering. I want like a raw, organic, original food. And bananas are like the product of thousands of years of so people many. carefully cultivating them to actually taste good and be yeah. large. Like really? It's a whole thing. If yeah. you look up what a banana used to look like, even like 
like 300 years ago, they look completely different. And Guess the which fruit of them got hot? <laughs> <laughs> Where are they now? <laughs> like they used to have a bunch of like seeds in them. They used yeah. to look like kind of like green. They used to they used to look like a like a freaking kiwi when you open them up. Yeah, and, and yeah. we did that yeah. over the course of thousands of years, hundreds. Like yeah, like yeah. very short amount of time. There's so many different breeds of banana. They're like. They, bananas are like the weed now. <laughs> like there's so many different strains, weed, and they're all yeah. different. <laughs> this one's like an in the couch banana. Okay, <laughs> all right. That is not the one that helps with depression. No, not at all. Because <laughs> they've tried to use like archaeology to figure it, out, and they said that starting around uh, 6,500 years ago in New Guinea, people started to take something called Musa acuminata. And it was like, like you, like you say, Ray, it was like this tiny, about the quarter of a size of a banana today, and mostly giant black seeds. It was a horrible looking little plant that you can't even eat. And then they've just gradually, over time, bred it into like this giant, delicious, uh, it's called Who a Cavendish Who had that vision? Banana. Who said, I will take this thing you with giant what? seeds? This could be a giant yellow <laughs> thing. <laughs> and I can pretend to take phone calls on it. <laughs> and that's how the phone... It just makes me wonder what disgusting, in <laughs> thing today should we be now trying to make into the next banana? Black licorice. Cheese. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what we would turn black licorice into. Like it's just a donut after just, a while. We <laughs> 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 just work really hard. Can I throw out my, my last interesting fact? Yeah, go for it. In South Africa, they roast bugs. They roast <laughs> ants and like termites. And they'll like sell them to you like popcorn. You just eat them like by the handful. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, I would totally. That doesn't sound too bad if other people are eating it. Yeah, I would trust that. I would definitely try that. It's got kind yeah. of like a crunchy. Have you tried it? I have not tried South African popcorn. Um, Is that what it's called? Yeah, I prefer Hawaiian uh, popcorn. Wow! If somebody said South African popcorn, I would be. Yeah. I feel like they were using a slur. That yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I'd. Double Basically, on yeah. Right. Like until I understand this, I'm mad. I yeah. would eat it if and only if it was chocolate covered, or right. like chocolate drizzled. I'd be all about it. Have any of you guys eaten like bugs, like roasted bugs? Not on purpose. I don't think so. Not on purpose. Yeah. Okay. I've eaten honey roasted. Does that count? <laughs> my mouth is watering. You <laughs> described that, and it actually made my mouth water. I grilled a caliper. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had crickets, like roasted crickets. Mm. How were they? Really, really good. Like they salted really, it a little really bit, good. and then uh, put it on a bed of hash browns. So maybe I was just stoked about the hash browns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was like a very crunchy, meaty element in the dish. It was awesome. Whoa. And there's we had we did a, a cracked an interview with somebody who's like farming insects as a food of the future. Don't we already have enough? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Like ice cream of the future is dipping dots, but food of the future in general is just bugs. Mm-hmm. Bugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bugs and pills. Yeah, I don't like because like 99% of the Earth's life is bugs, something like that. But they're farming more. And yeah, it's a thing because if you, if you look at the food supply chain of raising a cow, it costs so much uh, plant material to feed that and so much energy to feed that. And bugs are a lot easier. Interesting. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I guess we should be eating bugs. Maybe bugs are just the new banana that we have to like farm into something more delicious. Yeah. <laughs> we should just farm them into bananas. Can't wait yeah. to see bigger, bigger yellow bugs. There's also just sort of a thing with animals that we've bred to be eaten as meat over time. Chickens uh, in America, uh, we've bred chickens so effectively to be food that they since used to the 1950s... Buff. Used to be some really buff chickens. They're buff now. Really? Yeah. Wow. What chickens are back and they're buff. I'm going to Google 
buff chicken right now. If you're listening to this podcast, turn it off for a second and Google buff chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I follow a really buff kangaroo on Instagram. Just also an option. Does it follow you? Kangaroos are jacked. Yeah. How how do you follow a kangaroo on Instagram? Does it like have a Practice. handler? Uh, like? Easy, I check it every day and I like his posts. <laughs> yeah, it's the handlers technically, but like it's, it's like a well, zoo it's one? Act- they post a lot of different kangaroos, but like the standout is obviously the like super jacked one. His name is Roger, <laughs> and he's really wow. sexy. I recommend following the kangaroo sanctuary. I'm not sure what the official name is, but if you Google like Roger Jacked Kangaroo Sexy, turn stage safe search off. And, uh, Instagram model. Get there. Well, he, I assume no one's eating him, but uh, chickens have been bred to be eaten and they've grown uh, four times in size since the 1950s in the US. Because like wh- when you say buff, like did you mean like they were like very, very <laughs> muscular and tight? Because like well, now they're enormous chested. Like, first you said how... Uh, We've bred animals uh, to for their meat, and so I thought cows are fat now. So then I pictured like a really fit cow, and then you said chickens, so I was picturing like a buff chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like real, like hearty wings, and like uh, like yeah. I'm worried about more than the beak, you know, like Foghorn Leghorn when just in the moment when he's right. about to hit the dog right. or whatever. We're just yeah. writing like a Chick Fil A commercial right now. Well, it's also and turkeys also. Uh, and I don't know why, where I got this, it was written this way, but they've doubled in size since 1929, which is also, that's the year of the, like, the market crash. I don't know if it was, like, related. You know, I don't know why that was the stat. <laughs> but when the market goes down, the turkey's sizes go up. We all know this. It's the first rule of economics. And also, it turns out, like, tryptophan in turkeys isn't really linked to being sleepy. So I think that's exciting. Like, you, can, you can just, it's really just that you've eaten a whole bunch of turkey. Like, yeah. like just a just lot a of You're telling me if I eat a bunch of turkey, I can stay awake forever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Great. Perfect. It's like Adderall. Yeah. yeah. So tryptophan doesn't even make you sleepy? It's like an amino acid that's connected to eventually making some things that will make you sleepy. Let me get this but straight. there's a whole process. Yeah. You can explain amino acids to me, but you can't give me any hint on cheese? <laughs> it remains a mystery under the earth. <laughs> I don't know. Folks, that is the episode for this week. My thanks to Hallie Cantor, Brody Reed, and Ian Abramson for blowing the lid off a lot of things that I ate that day. Going right in. And hey, you, why don't you blow the lid off our food notes where you'll find fascinating links about everything from pistachio explosions to Etsy beaver glands. They are still on sale as of me saying this right now. Also, that Instagram account that Hallie mentioned with Swole Kangaroos is username at the Kangaroo Sanctuary. We're linking to that. They're in Alice Springs, Australia. And you'll be happy to know Roger had a son named Monty, who is also a Swole Kangaroo, runs in the family. Hey, did you like this live show? I'll bet you did. Well, the Cracked Podcast is live again at UCB Sunset on Saturday, June 9th, with a show all about amazing performances by actors who were not acting. Really, really fun movie show mainly, and tickets just went on sale at sunset.ucbtheater.com. They're going fast. Get one before they're gone. Also, if you are coming to that live podcast, why don't you come to a fun thing I have happening beforehand? Me, Schmitty the Clam, I wrote a TV pilot script. That's the first episode of a TV series, and it got accepted to UCB's Let's Table This reading series, where we will put it up as a little show. I'm so excited to share it exclusively with the people who show up. That's at the UCB Sunset Inner Sanctum Theater on Saturday, June 9th at 5.30 p.m. across the building a little bit before the live podcast. Hey, make it a double header. Make it just one thing. It's your life. I appreciate your time. 
let's have some fun. And as far as this episode goes, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. Our episode was engineered and edited by Chris Souza. Special thanks to Beth Appel, Eric Cohen, Jay Spaulding, and the whole UCB Sunset team. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. A thing I try not to look at while I'm eating because I, like, lose track of the taste of the food. That's, that's like, for real. I don't know if you guys have had that happen. If you're reading Twitter, you don't taste the burger. You know what I mean? Well, you can find my Twitter account at Alex Schmitty. I'm also on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. Enjoy that when you're not eating. And I'm happy to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.